look, I, I have a lot of conversations with people throughout the day, and I find that a lot of the time people just want to hear themselves talk and and not not actually listen. That's like literally 99% of human interaction. Whenever somebody's talking in a conversation, everyone else is thinking about something else. Is he still talking, Mike? You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Good evening, good day, good afternoon to you. And welcome to the Good Batter Bullshit uh, Podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss topics selected at random. And we have unrehearsed, spontaneous conversation about those topics and provide a quality review on that topic. Uh, My name is Mike Hodgins and I'm one of your three hosts on this show, along with uh, the one and only Mr. Bo Schwartz. Hello, Good Batter Bullshit listeners. Hi, Crofton. Hi, Michael. Hello, and of course, Crofton Steers. Hi, Crofton. And featuring Crofton Steers. Featuring, or no, you do get the with, with, with Crofton Steers. And introducing. Introducing. Introducing <laughs> is funny because you're like, who cares? And then often yeah, I, they'll I, be like Sean Connery. Or I know Sean Connery's done with acting, right? But some like A-lister gets a with at the end when it's a big cast, right? Yeah, I just like when when it's introducing someone, it generally is a child actor for the most part. Is it? There's teens though that get that too, uh, or somebody who has become a fa- is famous for another medium, like something like singing or whatever, and this is their film debut. Uh, they'll be like, and introducing Lady Gaga as, you know, Madame Lala, or like a. <laughs> That's horrible. That's horrible. Is Madame Madame Lala Lady Gaga's protege? 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 Protege. Anyway, that was quite the intro. Yeah, how are you guys doing today? I'm a little sick, so probably my brain's not working well. Sounds good. I was sick last time we recorded too, but it was, I think, a different sickness. Mm. I see. It's going Still got a shitty immune system. Yeah, well, this is a season. I had I had a sick that I had a sickness. I had a cold that lasted like two weeks. And it was um like a all you can eat platter. Like every day it was a new thing. Like you know how you have a runny nose and maybe your eyes water and a sore throat? I had them mm-hmm. like one day at a time throughout the whole thing. <laughs> it was unique to say the least. Yeah, headache too? Yep, I had a headache day. I had a day that was nothing but a headache. And then I had a day where I'd cough, but like once an hour but all the nerves in the back of my head would just explode every time I did it. I died yeah. inside every <laughs> I'm time. I'm kind of in that state right now. It's wild. God, you guys are sad sacks. Well, You're that viruses. You can't touch me, suckers. You want a piece of this? A paradigm of health. Boom. That's right. Healthy well, lifestyle, what have, what have yo. You, what have you been doing or not doing to keep yourself healthy? It's for us sickies, maybe we could take a page out of Crofton's book Like of step life. one. Stay well, inside. Well, first first thing I do is I work in a building filled with asbestos. Supposedly, there was actually mice in the building the other day. Now they put a rat trap under my desk. There's mice so everywhere. So that's cool. Um, that yeah. was probably just someone sending you a message. Just like, hey, Cross, I'm just going to put this under your desk. It's a rat trap. See you. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I guess there's rats in the building. And it's like, it says Crofton on it. Yeah, supposedly... <laughs> It, it's, it, it, there's no inference to me being a dirty rat or a snitch or anything. It's actually a catch mice. Somebody saw a mouse run across the floor. Incidentally, we are on the 16th floor. So that if there's mice on our floor, I got news for the rest of the building. You're infested with mice. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, maybe it's because I surround myself with so much germs and crap that really it takes a heavy-duty thing to, like, get through – to this iron yeah, like the and, extra you just managed to live in like symbiosis with all these viruses and bacterial infections that when another one comes to invade they're like whoa there's no room in there okay I, guess we'll go I have some questions first of all do you do you always bring your lunch or do you occasionally eat there oh i eat there almost every day and bring isn't my lunch the food uh served on like the main floor if not the basement of said building yeah it's, there's a mall. It's served in the food court. So, right. I mean, it's so dirty. You may live food. on the 16th, but yeah, you and feed it could in be the basement rat. the rat shit food. 
<laughs> rat and rat meat food. Just assume everything you're eating has is or has been rat. Hmm. Has had a rat on it or there's rat in it. Maybe that's he's just he's so ratty, he's resistant. That would I've that... always wondered what's in those sliced deli meats at Subway. Now I know. Yeah, Subway meat is it's rough. The other day I was eating a um a meatball sub and I like bit into something that was probably a piece of bone. You know, that's disgusting. <laughs> Yes, it, well, yes. Imagine how I felt where it jars between your teeth. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, I couldn't finish the sub. And I'm like, I will never eat a meatball sub again. That was, it was so disgusting. Well, what's gross about a bone, though? Like, you know, one when wants you're... to eat it, but like, you've had a chicken, you, you know, a roasted chicken. You're like, I'm going to eat this chicken leg and eat it off the bone. You don't it's eat just the bone. different so you... when it's ground meat and you know that they're half grinding the bones into it. You're just like, look, that's not what I thought I was getting. Was. If you like eating chip pieces of bone in your meat, more power to you. But I found it disgusting. As, and as long as the bone belongs to a category of animal I would regularly eat, it's fine. It's just if it's a rat head or a pigeon foot. Like, those are the things you don't want to find. Well, there's no way to know. For all I know, it could have been a part of a tooth. Well, sometimes they... Well, there's no way to know, although... I mean... Ugh. It could have been a what? Part of a tooth? <laughs> Some guy is working at the the meat vet, and he loses his tooth while he's stirring Well, you know, it? you realize that animals have teeth, right? You know. Well, I pictured I, a human tooth. It's way funnier that there's a guy who stirs the meat vet, and he's like, "Oh, oh shit, no, my tooth failing!" He's like, "Better not tell anybody." I I do like the fact that there's probably some guy somewhere who's like, you know what? I'm just going to sit down, have a quiet night, enjoy this nice meatball sub and listen to my favorite podcast. Here we go. Do do do. Good batter <laughs> bullshit. I love this show so much. What rats? Meatballs. Oh my god. So much for my lunch. Well, <laughs> all I have to say subway kind of blows. Okay, we should get to a random topic. This has been a great um um intro here. I like one of our best. All right. Oh, so nope. segging into it, if we could run Mike, that Mike stupid wins. machine, Mike, that'd be going. great. Yeah, rat powered. He's going. <laughs> oh my god, that's extra bad because he's actually sick and <laughs> inhaling yeah, the. Sacks. Well, there's the ding. What did it give us? Oh, uh, man. Okay, the topic today is. Private property. Ooh, I like this topic. Who here owns some private property? And I think we're—I think we're talking about land, not like your hat, right? Well, or, or even that, I guess. Even that, I don't know. All property is private, right? No, public, like <laughs> public, public space, is not private. <laughs> no, but it's own. That that public space is owned by a government. Yeah, but right? that government is just an institution made up of people, and it's like it's public. You have rights to be there. It, pr- privately owned usually assumes that it's like you. Ha- you have rights to be there within limits on public, even on public space. It's like we close parks at night. We're going to close this gate right. or whatever. It's but, owned by an organization, which happens which to is, be which is not private. It's a public organization. It's a government. That's right. A government like, is a public organization. Mountain Equipment Co-op is a public co-op, but I would still consider the land that they own to be private. No, no, it's owned. not a it's a co-op is certainly private. You have to have a membership to enter. And it's like the, the I uh, I think when we're talking about private property, it's like owning land um that when I think of private property, I tend to think of real estate and land ownership. Um but I mean also it's like I guess anything you own that's yours that you don't no one else has a right to it's yours and yours alone to to your benefit that's what I think of as private property but a park is things like that tend are are at least in theory for the public good you know they might be governed still by um, rules and regulations but those ones you know have a democratically elected uh, representative that helps set those things I think those are different than private property and or what, what in canada anyway is called crown land i don't know what what it would be called um in um yeah. united states or other places but just like land there's just like vast swath swaths of land that are not privately owned and sort of um under the stewardship of government but are kind of sort of somewhere between yeah that's not private property it's different right i would 
I would say the concept of private though is that it's a person who owns it or collect like because we think of these things as entities anyways like co-ops or corporations or things like i think it falls under private property right like starbucks owning something is still private property right yes yeah yeah for sure it is yeah that's yeah i know franchises and that sort of stuff businesses owning stuff is different i take mike's point i'm not sure i fully agree like i do i do see the land is divided essentially in 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 a way that that um encourages private ownership and while there's public while there's public ownership as well it's within the rules of the game that are established through the private property sort of system uh so well also think of think of it as like as so as say like the soviet system uh when the soviet union exists no private property i think that that doesn't mean you don't own say your clothes or things like that but it does mean stuff like you can't buy a house um you know you have to just apply to the government that i want a house and at some point you'll be assigned one because they're in theory the state just owns owns everything but i i wouldn't call that again private property it's not like the state is like it's mine i mean some people might um choose to try to position it that way for political ends but i think it's it's different than like i want to go and buy a house i can i have the right to do so we and a lot of like we we live in a a country and most of the most of the world is one where private property rights are some people would say kind of the basis of everything you know that you can you can uh, amass money and then you can choose it to purchase something and then that thing is to your benefit and yours alone to use as you see fit. And uh, I, I feel like that's like private property as opposed to someone else coming along and say, oh, you own all that land. I'm going to farm on it. Uh, and you say, well, no, I, it's mine. I can't, you know, and they say, well, I have a right to it. No one owns land and they can just go and farm. You know, if, if it was your private property, you could use laws and law enforcement to get those people off of there. Right. That's yeah, the difference yeah. between private property. And, and you effectively have control of resources. Like, yeah. Like, so let's say you told all the rich people of the world, uh, we're just eliminating money. So all your money is value zero. Uh, they might ask, well, is there still private property? And you're like, yep. And they'll be like, okay, we're good. Yeah, we're all right. <laughs> we're fine <laughs> because we own this land so we can exploit it. You know, we can offer people food and shelter uh, in exchange for working it or whatever that might look like in that particular case. Right. So um, I think. I think we should disclose our our own ownership because I will tell you I believe firmly that this is a topic where the more you own and the better off you are in society, the more you are going to be an advocate for private property, more likely than not. Sure. And and um, well, my yeah, and Mike's well, I own face I own me lots he, of private property. Yeah, he did he does, and I'm and you may be, but. I think you would agree that my point stands for most people. Most people, the more you own, the more you're invested in the property in terms of owning property, the more likely you are to support the private property system. The idea that you buy, you know, this is a, a is, you know, there yeah. are people, maybe yourself, that buy a bunch and, and that think it's broken or or a, or a, not the optimal way uh uh, to 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 manage things but i think if you were you know looking at most people they would they if you own a lot of land odds are you support private property what you're saying is that the more you own the more invested you are in keeping the status quo of that system in place i like, would i would imagine for most people yes that's so like, like that makes a lot of sense to me just to start i own a house uh, like, or, or I'm paying the mortgage of said house, but I'm, I'm considered, considered a, um, a homeowner in an urban center. So my piece of land is, you know, fairly small, have a house on it or whatever, but it's in a well-to-do area and therefore is worth a fair amount of money according to my property taxes. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, it, it's property, it's relative value. It doesn't have anything to do with size. I mean, I think it's one metric, but it's, the resources yeah the well in the yeah the value well uh, people would say it's a market driven thing so it depends on the, d the demand sure, of your property yeah. so if it's in a good location or it's central whatever in a city you might want to live in then it's worth more than you know a piece of land in the middle of 
Labrador or something. <laughs> slam Labrador, on Labrador. Slam. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to mean to slam on Labrador, but it's like a lot of it's pretty remote. Um, I own a few prop, a few properties, and again, just to echo Crofton, it, the term "own" I use loosely because uh, the bank owns most of them, but I own a couple rental properties. I'm part owner in like three rental properties, and uh, and the house I live in. Um, so f- like four properties, but again, like I, I, you know, you don't fully own them and I see your point Crofton, but like why in theory you should be in, f- in favor of them if you, oh, if you own it, because it's like, you're putting your resources into that thing. Like as you work, um, you know, and, and on these properties, I spent a lot of time, not uh, time and money improving these properties, um, th- th- that I then get some benefit from to rent out, um, so as time goes by, you know, that I, I slowly pay them down or whatever, I should be less less likely to want to part with them. Um, but, I mean, for me personally, and this is a bit of an aside from this conversation, just because it's my own personal perspective, but I feel like I'm kind of like a, a realist. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think that the private property system or structure we have is a good one, honestly. We can get, we'll get into that more later. But I'm a realist and I'm like... That's the world we live in, so I'm going to participate because the options that I think are more equitable don't exist. So what am I going to do? Just not participate because I don't like it? I mean, maybe that's one thing to do, but I'd rather just like, oh, I'll just get involved. And then if I see opportunity for change, I'm kind of, you know, aiming for that. Because well, you don't, you don't have to – like Bo, Bo, for instance, does not participate in it. Like he he pays – you know, he he, he – rent and he you know works a job where you're der- deriving income from the property market so you are all in uh, in it it's not like you know so it's difficult it'd be like if if not to this extent but it'd be like if donald trump was like i don't support private property like i'm gonna take advantage of it because it's there but i don't you know like it's it you know it's there so i gotta use it but i i I wouldn't necessarily support it if the things the options that i would prefer existed i would i would use them but since not i'm going to buy a bunch of properties and upgrade them you know like donald trump because there's a clear benefit in because (laughs) excuse me um <clears throat> Curses cold. Uh, what I was gonna say, like, I mean, so the, the the thing is, like, I you know, I got into real estate because I kind of like had a bit of a leg up. Like my my parents kind of let me have this sort of well, I mean, kind of a rundown house that they couldn't sell, and I and I fixed it up, and then I added value to it. So I had to let. Not everyone's given that opportunity. So like, I'll admit, I had a priv- I was had a privilege there, and I reinvested it in real estate and kind of kept doing that. But I feel like that's the thing with that kind of private property. Like when Bo said, you know, if all like rich people uh, who didn't just have their assets in liquid cash, which I think most rich people would would know is a foolish thing to do, uh, all of a sudden there was no money and you had a whole bunch of land, you'd have resources. And it's like – and resources, things like you can rent out – that you basically you can rent out that land. If that land is to your benefit and someone needs to farm on it or needs a place to live – um, they, and you own it, you're like, well, that's mine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just, I mean, so there, there's a huge benefit. And the more you have of it, the more you can, the easier it is to acquire more and the easier it is to exploit it. And I just feel like a lot of people just can't get into private, like to like land ownership. Cause it's just too expensive. Like, like the, the entry barrier is huge. It, it's very expensive, but, and there's a reason for that is it's because land Land and arguably other forms of ownership, other forms of privately, if you own a, I would even say a patent or something like that, like it's it's a license for exploitation ratified by the tribe you belong to. And essentially like our tribe is Canada and our provincial tribe is whatever it is, Ontario and so on and so forth. And so, so owning property is a license to not do anything, but to to perform a lot of things it's a license for mike to legally say if you want to take a sleeping bag and a pillow and and have it on my property i have a right to charge you and i mean i have a right to call the cops and have you arrested for trespassing and i have you know certain rights that fundamentally you know take from other people whereas that those actions are unavailable as moves in this board game to those who don't own any property. 
And yeah. and that's why culturally it's such, you know, I can't count the number of times and even in a day now as adults, people just, you know, fundamentally the thing you need to do is to get your ho- own house. Like Mike's going above and beyond the average person, but culturally everyone should be owning their own place. There's a sense of shame and guilt when someone's just a renter their whole lives to certain people, not to everybody, but generally there's that feeling that's there. And that's because those who at least have the property have a, have skin in the game. You have skin in the game even if you own your, just your own place. And you're not wasting your money or you're not being exploited by others. Because let's face it, when you people look like suckers when they're getting exploited by people. Oh, you know, old Bill, he's down at the, uh, the gambling hall every day playing the slot machines. He's getting exploited by the gambling hall. Right. And like, that's how we look at that. Well, we, I think, have a similar attitude towards private property where it's like, man, glad I own my property. It's mine. Even if I'm paying off the bank, it's mine and I'm working on it and I'm not paying those suckers rent. I'm not a sucker because I own property. Well, and it's funny. And I don't like is weird. I look at it in a couple different ways. Like, I mean, it does seem on one hand ridiculous that I that I would own or be part owner. Um of four houses it makes no sense like other people are living in those houses like it's just like it seems so on this clearly absurd that that they need a place to live there is a house there they live in it and because of essentially some paperwork they have to give me money and i have certain responsibilities to upkeep the property and whatnot but essentially like it's just it's sort of it's ridiculous like i can't live in four houses obviously i can only live in one and I'm like, why would I have them? And it's like, it is clearly to ex- to exploit. And I mean, I'm not, I didn't get into this as being like, how can I exploit my fellow man? Like that, that wasn't my aim. It was just kind of like, I didn't like other forms of investment, like stock market or which amounts to gambling as far as I'm concerned. So, but I mean, it, it does seem just kind of absurd. Like why, why do, you know, why can't those people just own those houses? And it's. But yeah, like, and I guess, I guess not to get into the sort of renting versus home buying, but you are, aside from providing them a place to live, uh, you are providing them with, you know, services and peace of mind that they might not have otherwise. Like you see these old, uh, you know, like might be like an 80 year old woman who's renting somewhere and, and relies on the services of her landlord, like, um, to, to ensure that the walkway is cleared and all this sort of stuff, if there's a repair needed, that it's done. Like, I mean, there are advantages to owning, there are advantages to renting. Um, I agree with Bo that, like, we live in a society that, you know, values home ownership. And I think everybody's in, everybody is searching for that uh, to have their own space in some way, shape, or form. So it's like they, they, they either own that space, they rent that space, but they want, you know, they want their own personal uh, um, space. And and um, the, the difference between renters are given certain protections. But as Bo said, like there's like certain rules or, or things that they can't take advantage of. You know, if he suddenly wants to start drilling holes in every one of his walls, you know, he might have to go through a process where if, if you own the house, you can you can do whatever within again within there's, you know, city permissions that you need to get depending on where you live in that as well. So the, my, my thing with 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 ownership is like just boiling it down even away from the um, giant pieces of property in which we live in and in, in thinking of smaller, smaller items. It, if you go to something that I'm very familiar with, that being video games, um, I've recently been reorganizing my basement and I found a bunch of like these old video games that are on discs. So now when I buy video games, I buy them often electronically. And I like to say, oh, I have all these games or or, or uh, I own all these games. In fact, I do not own them. What I own is uh, – what I bought is access to a license that allows me to play them, a license that can technically, if you read all the fine print, be rescinded at any time. And and this is, this is something that's like – it's the same um, with games like World of Warcraft where you would pay a monthly fee. And if you stop paying that monthly fee, then you you lose access to the thing. 
Uh, whereas, whereas if you bought a disc and you have that disc on your shelf and you put it in your machine and it always works and there's a certain sense of ownership. And I will admit, cause I, I pulled out a disc and I put it into one of my older, older systems. And I was like, I own this like in 15, 20 years from now, if I want to use this, I, I've got it. Whereas like, you know, now my music on spot is all on Spotify and I'm paying them a monthly fee. And as soon as I stop paying, it all goes away. Netflix, all my videos, I, I'm, I'm watching. I'm paying them a monthly fee. It's like sort of like I'm 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 a communal system, and and but, but I'm reneging on my my. You don't have uh, unlimited rights with those things. Pardon me. You don't have unlimited rights. You don't have. A, no, that's a right. Absolutely, I have great service for the time that I'm paying the subscription fee. No, I mean even on then, your CDs and DVDs, like you can't. You're not supposed to be giving them out to people. You're not supposed to resell them. You're not right. supposed to there's, publicly there's, show them to groups of X or more. There's lots of things for you're sure. not allowed to do uh, with those. I get that, but like the object is in my hand and I can listen to it at any time I want. Nobody's going to come to my house and take away that CD and be like, hey, you can't listen to that CD anymore. It's like it's an object that I own mm. as opposed to licensing rights that are extremely easy to rescind. Oh, this is off Netflix this month. You can no longer watch this thing, right? So – um, society appears to be moving less towards the ownership of these little things and more towards services in which we were paying uh, we're paying fees and stuff. And and you would think that I would be you know, I, I'm 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 presenting it in such a way that the private ownership seems great. And I was very nostalgic when I pulled out these old games and I'm like, wow, I can still play them. That's great. But the thing is. Is, is that I'm using all these services for a reason. I have a Spotify account. I have a Netflix account. I have a Steam account. I'm, I'm using all these things because the pros, the conveniences, the value add that they have is much higher than, than, the, than the owning of a thing or the having of a thing, you know? And, and so, uh, but it is there, I, I do recognize the comfort in that thing. And I think that comfort can be extrapolated to a house. I'm like, oh, this is, my childhood home. I grew up in this house, for instance. I have emotional attachments to it. It's been passed down in the family. It's an object. It's a piece of land. It's it's really, but it it means a lot to me, uh, you know, symbolically. When in reality, I could just live in the house down the street. It's just you know, it's just where you live technically. It's true. I mean, a bit. I guess a bit of the difference between the example you gave about video games and or music is that those things are kind of like in some ways, endlessly um, replicable. replicable. Uh, they're, they're a thing you could play it any number of times. But but a piece of land or a, any kind of hard property is essentially unique, even if it's a mass-produced one. But, like, I mean, land and, and a whole house in particular, like, every piece of land is unique in the sense that there there is no other that piece of land at those coordinates on the world. You know, there's only one of them anywhere. Um, and even a car, it's like you get a car, you know, you know, there's a lot of them similar, uh, but you know, maybe, oh, you put sweet rims on your car and then you, you put a different, uh, you know, you replace the alternator or whatever you've done upgrades to it, or you've maintained it better than someone else has maintained another car. And on the other side, like, so th though this part of me, uh, the part of me that's sort of like a socialist, which is like private property just leads to, you know, disproportionate massing of private property where the people who have a lot and have resources end up just getting more because it's it's huge benefit and they can use it to generate cash but the other part the, the simple part and i think this is why it holds mass appeal private properties i think of things you know like so i'm i'm living in this house now i just moved i think i mentioned a few shows ago just moved and i spent a year renovating this house and i've got a year more probably to renovate i spent a lot of time done a lot of the work myself and spent a lot of money and I mean, the idea is, is, is that if I didn't, I didn't own it or it wasn't to my sole benefit and say you had a neighbor who was living in a rundown house that they never maintained and, and they saw you do all this work and say, you know, that house is pretty nice. And they come in the front door and say, I like it here. I want to stay. And you say like, look, hey, I just worked on this. I spent all this money. Get out. And they're like, you don't own this. I, I have as much right to be here as you do. 
that would infuriate me as it would any number of people. Or if you had an, a car that you maintained meticulously and you had a neighbor who had the same model and let it, drove it into the dirt and they just said, you know, I'm going to use your car because it's better and I want to. So I feel like that type of mentality like really strikes a nerve with anyone uh, to be like you spent time and effort on a thing. You, you want to reap its benefits too. And I think that's, fair most people would not be like yeah it, it irks you the idea that someone else will come and just use something that your sweat and tears have been put into and in, in whatever capacity they were so i get that and it's like and yes i mean i don't want someone to just move into my house <laughs> without buying it from me or something yeah but and there's oh sorry Bo, well, go no, ahead. isn't there some way because this, again this all comes back to the, you know, the powers with whoever ratifies the private property and whatever you're discussing. And I like thinking about it in terms of the land question because I think all everything grows out of land. And and <laughs> I sound like Mike. <laughs> everything grows. <laughs> everything you need you're in life comes son. from the land. Fruits, vegetables, and trees. Um, but it's true. And... and so, so like Mike, you have private property. The system is set up, and you're right to play the, the game. As a person who likes to play games, I see that you're taking advantage of, you know, that end goal. You have a victory condition. You have the things that you need to do to get there, and I respect it very much. Um, uh, but, but why, why are we constructed in such a way? Why do we ha- like? For example, there's got to be enough space for their for the tribe for our tribes to make sure everyone has a place to live. Why don't we do that? You you would think that definitely in this country that's true. In some other countries, not so much. And 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 the value of living living together increases the value of the property, right? So like you buy a place in the middle of nowhere, it costs not as much. You buy it in the downtown of a big city, it costs a lot more money based on you know supply demand and all this sort of thing. And I I have a lot of those similar conflicting emotions that both you guys are um, expressing because like it, thinking about about stuff like communism and or or the idea of okay we have this much area we know we have this many people we need to divide it up and everybody gets their equal equal chunk but then it's 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 owned by the state but only people only certain people who are registered are allowed to live in these different areas and like there's definitely problems you can extrapolate from there and definitely as somebody who works for the government i I do not like I believe in government services, but I do not trust a government to be able to efficiently manage all of that uh, without, you know, massive disaster taking place. You need you need your citizens to sort of take ownership of where they live to a certain extent and, and maintain things like landscaping their properties or, or ensuring that they don't fall into disrepair um, because I used to work for um, – for the department responsible for uh, First Nations issues in this country, and uh, a lot of the the houses on those on those uh, reserves and such were assigned to people and either given to them or given to them at a tremendously low cost. And many of them fell into complete disrepair as people were just given them and they knew if they trashed it, essentially that they would get given a new house. This this and this did happen. Um, and, and so, like, the idea is, you know, they didn't really have to do anything to get to get the the property. There's good reason for why they were receiving it, but but they they had no sense of ownership over it, and and therefore didn't, you know, it would fall into disrepair. Yeah, there, eventually, it that, would cost the government. There's a, a lot of there's money. a complex cultural issue there, right? Also, there, under, sure like because they're not Absolutely. like, oh, we're part of the tribe. No, they have a special area because we took it from them. And no, we're no, making absolutely. reparations. There's right? there's so, a ton of there's yeah. a ton of stuff. I'm just I'm just using this yeah. for the context of the pro- private property sure. uh, conversation. The idea that that um, that like if you get people involved in in their properties, um, that they're in terms of maintaining a society. Like our infrastructure costs are already enormous just for the public infrastructure in cities, but to maintain 
all the homes, like because if they fell under the purview of the government or something like that and were evenly distributed, people the the percentage of people that would let them fall into disrepair is much higher than the people that will let their private properties fall into disrepair. Oh. So on the infrastructure side, there's merit. Sorry, Michael. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, and um, your your example also was something I was thinking of earlier when you were when you're talking. And again, it's this thing like so many things. Uh, the idea of private property uh, is new in terms of um, you know human history. I recently read this uh, this article, which is totally <laughs> worth reading, called by this guy Jared Diamond. He's written some interesting um, books, but it's called the worst mistake uh, the worst mistake in the history of humanity, or something like that. And it was essentially about the transition from um, hunter gatherer to uh, agricultural lifestyle. I think I mentioned this on the show. It's a quick read and it's worth googling. Uh, to read it, but it, it made me think. So when you're talking about First Nations and whatnot, so uh, it, you know, in some cultures and still some to this day, don't have as much of a sense of private property because they don't. It's not the way they operate. Like if you have sedentary agricultural based systems, you you almost need private property. But if you don't, uh, like for the majority of human history, and I'm talking like for a hundred thousand years, there was no such thing as private property because people didn't live in one place. You didn't need one piece of land because you just sort of like you followed herds, you hunted, you gathered things, it met your needs. And that's met that, you know, kept humanity small though it was live for the majority of our history. But when we change to all of a sudden, okay, you need to grow food, well, then it, it becomes important to be like, well, this piece of land, you know, this is some good arable land. And Jimmy over there is up on the rocks. He can't grow nothing. That's not valuable land. And, and all of a sudden you have this, you have an onus is like, well, now I want this thing, this this property legitimately like a, like a, like a real concrete thing because it sustains me. And I think everything is derived from that. The idea that like, well, the what what gives us life is is the land. And it used to be that you just roamed around it and it gave you life that way. But now we're more like, no, this one little place and I keep tilling it and I grow new crops. And so I feel like we're wired both ways because because um, I think that there, there's something that seems inherently unjust about owning land. It seems weird some somehow to me that that's even a thing. But in the in the in the confines of s complex modern society i don't see another way around it you know like it's like it just leads to conflict if you don't have private property so like i'm of two minds of this like it it bugs me and i think it, oh yeah and, and the whole point of his article was it, it's what led to all kinds of terrible things like um uh massive wealth uh, inequality that's all derived from the transition to uh agricultural systems it's an interesting read could uh, could you like have a a hybrid thing like you know how in China for a long time and I think still to this day there's limitations on the amount of children that they can have could you have limitations like uh, private property is okay but you can only own private property if say you are living in it it's your private property it to so instead of instead of having you know, like instead of having land barons or whatever who own a bunch of properties and are using them to to make money in it, but really only living in one, you have your one person you own, you do get to own and, and make the changes and all that. Yeah. I, it, it, does like, that honestly, when you just say that, I'm like, that sounds so much more reasonable than the system we have. Like, because you get people building houses on speculation right or building condos and you flood a market with them to try to extract value out of the sale of these things or the rent of these things <laughs> oh. but do you, just while mike's coughing like does that not exist somewhere in the world already it feels like that that that, that model I must that cuba was a bit like that that you're kind of like yeah, I might be wrong, but I had not been to Cuba. I shouldn't, I'm just guessing. But I thought I heard that it's like if you have a house in Cuba, you kind of like – you can keep it and you can live there and your family can live there and it doesn't just get taken away from you, which but I you get, get the feeling – you can't buy a bunch of other houses. Like that's no, your I don't yeah. – yeah, I don't yeah. think so. And it's like – I guess that the, – you know, part of the thing when you think like about – and this is, you know, problem with communism or like, you know, state socialism is that it's not really that different than – capitalism it's just that instead of the private property being controlled by capitalists 
and the economy run by capitalists, it's run by the state. And you're like, well, okay, it's different in some ways, different sides of the same coin. It's just like some power controls the resources. And it's like, so I'm like, in some ways it sounds dumb to say, but they're more similar than not. It's not like there's just like, you can go wherever and do what you want. I can, I can tell you the difference. Actually, I have it in my head clear. I just, it's clear to me. Because I like to think about always when we talk about these big scale things to think about in the tribe. So when you're like the state owns it, I'm like, imagine it's 20 men and women, a couple children just deciding who's going to live where. And and when you talk about people have not being able to buy new houses, I think that rubs us first world people like I got to stay in this house, even if I just don't want to. I have to stay here because we decide for that's my house, like for reasons. And, and it makes me think like part of the deal with private property is that it gives you agency with, inside the system, which is kind of important for the sense of human movement. Like think about all the times in your life when you haven't had anything to do. And I don't mean like you're sitting on the toilet and you forgot your phone, Mike. I mean like like you just feel stagnated, right? Like you don't have any goals, you're not sure what to do with yourself, maybe you don't have a partner, maybe you know all kinds of things are just not moving for you and there's a sense of like there's a dullness to it. And I have to imagine that that m- might be the case when everything's provided for you as Crofton was saying, you don't appreciate it. Maybe you don't trash it, but maybe that's that ennui ends up setting in and we have a sense of we get up every morning even if it's just to get our paychecks, right? Or even if it's just to get to the next thing or make the next rent payment or and th- say to yourself, well, I'm living here now, but I'll do this next thing. Like, Mike, when's property number five coming along? And if it's not property number five, what's the next goal? You're moving towards something within the society and you have the agency to make those decisions. It feels like, and I haven't firsthand been to a communist country or been subject to to what it feels like to really live there. But it feels like there's a sense of corruption and stagnation because the state's making decisions for you, essentially, about what you can be and where you can live and how this fits into the bigger, um, the way it, it works for everyone and who's making those decisions, right? Does that does that seem seem well, good to I have mean, personal agency? agency I, I see it like, um, <clears throat> in fact, I was just, uh, I'm currently one of my rental properties is for sale and, uh, we had some, a young couple was interested in in buying it. The, the the sort of deal fell through, but it was kind of interesting. The 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 one guy, his um, uh, his uh, his father had uh, left um, Poland during the eighties when it was like, you know, the Iron Curtain and all that tried to escape it. Mm-hmm. And he said just quickly, talking about this, how his his father really valued something like oh buying a house. So he was in the pro- so this this was a couple in the process of trying to buy their first house. And how he said his father, it was like, if you wanted to buy a house in Poland at that time, basically you told the government, I want to buy a house, and you're essentially put on a 20-year waiting list until one comes available, and then you don't have any choice in it. And then you might be, okay, here's your house. You've waited 20 years, and you're like, what? I don't want to live in that house. And it's like, well, that's the one you got. And that's frustrating, right? And it's like, so again, lack I, your lack of agency thing, I think, is... If you have private property and and you know someone puts a price on it and a capitalist would say that it's dictated by market, so if no one wants that thing, well the price keeps dropping until someone does, uh, and so it balances it out through markets. But if you want a house and you have the resources to get that one or the resources to improve it to make it the way you want, you can do that, you know. And private property then ensures you have protection over that hard work. One thing that is interesting about that example that I didn't really think of is the idea like and, and this this comes more from um, the immigrant experience and one that I can't relate to having been born and grown up in the same country. But like that if that individual, Mike, would be like by owning property in another country, like when you're born in a country, you feel like, I don't know, you, you will always have an attachment to that country, no matter where you go in the world, you'll feel that you, you're born with the citizenship, you all that. But when you buy into that country, you're buying literally a piece of the country. And, um, it, it, and, and, I, I can only imagine as somebody coming to a country and sh- choosing like this is where I'm going to – they use the term lay your roots. This is where I'm going to lay my roots down or whatever. Um, part of that is is facilitated through the home ownership process and and I get that. And where I think I'm having problems is, is there's a lot of emotions 
it, it attached to home ownership. And I was talking earlier about and in ownership of things like little items. Like I pulled that video game out of a box I hadn't played for years. I was like, huh? And it it tingles, you know, like uh, your emotions in different ways. And you walk into your childhood home or you return to it or whatever. There's there's an emotional connection there, and that I can appreciate. And I and I and I see the positives associated with it. It it's but but it's when you own like and i definitely don't begrudge mike for owning like a zillion houses and 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 renting it out to all these people i think he's doing it the right way and it's it's working with an existing four houses a zillion houses who am i some like uh, but i mean like he would if he could folks but uh but the but the thing is it's just that in in the mentality might be uh, explained with regards to the condo developers or the or or the uh, just developers in general who are looking who really have no emotional connection to the property the land or whatever they're just looking you know to turn it into money and all that sort of stuff i have definite um other emotions with regards regards to that you know it, it's all fair it's all it's all fair but it 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 you know bothers me there was this cottage essentially very nice quaint little cottage house went on the market was sold i i had beautiful gardens all this sort of stuff i had sort of grown attached to seeing it on my bike ride in and it got destroyed and turned into these like two full land lot taking monstrosities um, and you can argue that the densification allows more people to live in a certain area and and i appreciate that but it was clearly those houses were constructed with absolutely zero love or attention or whatever they were built by a developer in the cheapest most boxed way to make as big a buck as possible you know maybe the people who buy that and own it take ownership from the developer will put their own personal touch on it and that sort of thing um but there you know there's no guarantee and those are the two kind of sides there's the emotional side and then there's the make a quick buck side and i find for me it's competing when talking about private property yeah yeah interesting conversation it really it really strikes at the fundamental like building blocks of 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 everything we know, right? Like to think about all the land is the most important thing, not the iPads and not the, you know, cars. It really but, is the uh, land. I mean, and you know? it's true that the land is the basis of it all, but all those things too, like the, you know, private property rights, again, it's just that like, you know, I feel like there's also a basic morality around some of these things. Like you just, the concept of like stealing is bad or you shouldn't steal from people. But really, you know, stealing only is anything if you acknowledge that the thing you're taking is not yours. It is somebody else. Like there's implied private property in that very basic moral but like, thinking. But property is not a natural law of physics or... or no, definitely like a, not. It, it, it's a man... It's ratified by people. And, and one could consider it you know all forms of property a form of theft like within our species essentially but like, it's also funny because when you hear models about like you know they they keep saying with cars that there's going to be this revolution in the way cars are done so it'll be driverless cars are coming and then and then they also say as attached to that we're going to get rid of the private ownership model of cars which is really interesting to me in the sense that it's like why do you need to have your own car if these cars drive themselves isn't it more efficient to just sort of have all these cars hovering around the system and then you go to you know in a house you're like i need to go here uh i've paid my membership fee for cars and then the nearest one just got the nearest empty one just comes <laughs> to your house and say i want to go here and then you go there and then get out no one owns a car you just they're just around. Yeah, and if you don't like the really car you get, you can wait back in the queue to get the next car. You're like, what is what is this, a Honda? <laughs> I don't want to drive in that. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, um, but but it's funny because then, then it, it's like the idea of, uh, you know, why people say, like communism or, or the, 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 the dreariness of communism applies. Because if it, you think like if that was the case wouldn't they basically all cars would then end up looking like these gray boxes because no one gives a shit about them. They're just get me A to B. And all of a sudden you've lost this kind of like essence or, or creativity that you don't see. You just see this kind of like gray box that moves you around or this or that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, this is, it is an interesting conversation and I'm still, I, 
I don't even know what I think about it, even having talked about it all this time. Like there's 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 well, clear benefits to private yeah. property, and then there's clear things that irritate me about private property. Like, um, it, are you guys ready for? I verdicts? think we should get into verdicts because you're right; it is a pretty big topic. But at the same time, ready. like I just want to add, it, it's it's so fundamental, yet it's so just human, right? Like the concept of property doesn't exist outside of each other for the most part. There's territory in the animal kingdom, but no property. Yeah, you know, and that's probably a thing too that people always felt like, like I'm sure, yeah, like that's an interesting point that where it's like, you know, an animal makes a little den and then they're like, hey, that's my den. Like, I'll fight you for it. This gives and... me a degree of rights of other people in my species who ratify and understand it. Yeah, and when you and don't, I mean, and... it's either crime or it's war. Well, right, because right, they'll defend it with with violence, you know, and essentially, yeah, I mean, it's pretty it's right. pretty base, but Let me it depends on in... the animal you're talking about, because some animals don't have no den, and they're just like, I go where I please, and I ain't got no problems or I'm... no beefs with nobody. It's just we can't look to another system from some other species to try and learn lessons, or to, like it just doesn't. It's us, and that's it. You know, it's, well, well, the thing is, we used to be part of that system, and it was, but it's again, it's a drop in the bucket. The amount of time we've been living in this. That's sedentary true. agrarian kind of base society it's very new that is but anyways that is very okay. true i'm bringing in the farm animals come on in get in here order i said order in the court order in the court it's verdict time uh anyone eager to step up whoa whoa, whoa. Sure, I'll, I'll go first i'll okay. go first i feel like i'm i'm the one that's kind of showed his hand the most uh on this which is uh which is one of conflict where where i think that there are many good things associated with private property ownership and i've grown up my entire life in that in that system i have visited cuba and i have um i have seen like you know other other cultures as well um but i do think and i do think private property can can facilitate inequality uh among amongst people and you go back to like serfs all reporting to the the local crown authority or whatever uh who distributes the land and that'd be a a, a mesh of private property and public what we would consider public or crown land here in Canada but in the end it's land is land is power land is control all of those things i i and i and i see that and i and the developers making money and all that sort of thing that drives me nuts as well uh not that they they make money but that they do it in um such an impersonal way and there's meanwhile there's people that are desperate for a place to live and there there's there's uh, just giant forests being raised and property being bought to build cookie cutter places to be sold to the highest bidder but on the other hand there's there's like emotion in 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 private property uh, a lot of emotion people put stock in things for better or for worse um and uh, th- that's that can be little things that they own or it can be places um it, it, it places that they want to be able to return to i give an example of the town that I that I grew up in, there's there was this uh, mill, and it was on a it was on a waterfall in uh, in the middle of in the middle of the village, sort of in the back end, and there was a museum. It was a museum essentially, and I would take the kids there when I was uh, a day camp counselor, and honestly, didn't get a lot of people interested and uh i was uh, i was sort of had emotional ties to it but eventually it got sold to a developer uh well after i left town and it got turned into sort of a a highfalutin inn and resto uh thing that's well used by visitors and has increased tourism in the area but but they put up fences. So the waterfall that I used to take the kids to walk and see, I can't I can't go see that waterfall anymore because it's behind a private property uh, sign. And um, that said, like there's been so many positives that development has brought to the area, but I can't help but be sad that something that I had a personal emotional attachment to and used to be available, uh, is now is now private. So these are all the conflicting emotions that surround private property for me. And and this is one of those times where I'm going to use a verdict uh, 
that we use often on this show, but not for necessarily negative reasons, but really just to echo all these conflicts that I have when when discussing this complicated topic that Bo has very well articulated as one of the sort of building blocks of our our society. So for all those reasons, private property is bullshit. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'll go next. All right. Uh, and I'm going to, uh, I'll just get it right out right now. I'm going to echo Crofton for, and say private property is bullshit. I'm just going to, sounds like to get it right out. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and for basically the same kind of muddy reasons and that like the, the clear, value in being able to have um agencies Bo put it in, and just be able to protect something that you've invested so much in makes basic sense be like this is my den you fox go get your own den this is mine i, I dug it and i think that's okay and i think most people acknowledge that that's okay and a very similar example to croft like i grew up kind of in the country and i used to just um like to walk around the kind of farm fields and woods and stuff which were all private property that was always that's all someone's farm and i always felt anxiety about it and on some occasions i had farmers being like hey what are you doing there and i'd be like i'm walking and they'd be like get out of here and they'd be like it's like the woods like <laughs> why you know i and i feel like it's a natural thing to want to go and walk in nature or whatever but people would be like no it's my property you get off it and and that somehow seems wrong to me when i'm not destroying it or doing anything bad i'm just you know and I feel like that private property can bring out it can bring out the best in humans and the worst in humans. I think that's what it why I have to give it a bullshit answer. It can make us like try to really beautify sign, add a lot of value, work hard towards sign. And that could also make you just treat your fellow exploit your fellow human, exploit land. Like it brings out the best and worst of us, and that's why it's a bullshit thing for me. But yeah, a complicated sort of topic. All right. This is all, these are all good responses. It is a very d- challenging topic, and um, I I feel the same way. I'm very uncomfortable with this whole notion, partially because it's only us that made it, and we have this. There's a sense of human infallibility or this arrogance that we have because, well, we dominate the food chain and we've become masters of surviving for long periods of time with all these modern conveniences and technology and and all these ability to do things so we look at stuff like a lot of this is built on a system of private property and we say well it must be a good thing what we're doing but but really it is we construct it's an elaborate set of rules that we've constructed based on this fundamental block of i own this so i get to say what goes or we own this and you know a certain portion of people get to say what goes and i think Nobody owns anything in life, really. It, you, like this uh, phone I'm holding up here, it's mine. I paid for it. In my brain, I'm like, I own this phone. This collection of atoms does not belong to me. It belongs to no one. It's just a human idea. It's a human. It's a shared imagination that we have about everything. And I am very mistrustful of these things, partially because people go to jail for stealing and getting fined. There are consequences around all these rules for what is effectively just human shit and not, you know, on a galactic scale, very important. And and I feel like we need to think bigger. I think, you know, we do have to be concerned about how we organize ourselves so that we can be well-fed and, and have people who, yes, maintain the society, but people who advance us as a race. But we don't advance if we get so mired in this kind of shit and in trying to attain power over others which is effectively what it is i mean all of us on this panel are not super interested in being mr power pants but there are people that are and it's a scale of uh, variation depending on where you land and i just think it couldn't be less important and i think it's all built on this fundamental thing so i as much as i like owning things and i'd hate for someone to take my phone away from me I'm going to have to say that private property is bad. Well, and uh, it's 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 a license to take a shit on each other. I'm not saying I have the right answer. I'm saying this isn't the right answer. Maybe just the best thing we've thought of so far. No, that was a, that was a good good verdict, Bo. And it's man, you made me almost be like, oh, I should have taken a harder stance. 
because uh, I agree with a lot of what you. Well, what you I, I sort of did it for I, you because you were sick and probably feeling off, and you know, so. Yeah, yeah, my brain. No, I, I would point out, Mike, though, that you and I have more private property than both. So, well, it, it, my verdict, my my prediction at the beginning of where we would land based on our amount of private property. I'm just saying. No, yeah, I, you sh- I should have said good according to you. You should have absolutely, and you <laughs> you are the exception. Uh, to the to my rule, but uh, well, all I would add because Bo's verdict made, made me just think of the fact that again, it's like it's like it's like we approach all of this stuff without sort of acknowledging our own mortality. Like you can't own something because, as they say, you can't take it with you. Everything you ever touch or whatever you are at best a steward of for a time, and then it goes to someone else. It's not like you can't own anything because you don't live forever. It's all. But then, go to someone but else. then you try and send. You know, like you see these big guys who are owning tons of property trying to trying to you know pass along to their kids take over the and family business or, or or pass the childhood home forward to to their um you know like i would have a real hard time getting rid of our our fa- family home uh and it may it may happen but like you your kids get kind of indoctrinated like they would to religion or to anything else with this this property and then you know, like leaving yeah, know. It can be difficult. And I, had, you did- and I had a hard time getting rid of the family home I grew up in because it meant it meant a lot to me. But I, you know, I still think fondly of it and be like, the place is still there. I could go walk around. Except someone would say, "What the hell are you doing in my yard? Get the hell off!" off. But you, yeah. we, we can trade. The point is, you didn't. You didn't. In the way our rules of our society work, you didn't lose anything. You traded it and. It's yeah, effectively like, I mean, traded yeah, but, still, but you did you property. did lose something. He lost like he has emotional connections with a specific place and specific things, and those connections are no longer as accessible. Like yeah. he can't just like, walk I'm back not saying in the front it, door. I'm not saying it was an easy decision. It's just you got to weigh yeah. the pros and cons of I have an emotional attachment versus the agency. I think I was talking about that's a benefit of the yeah. of society. No agency, is, but the funny thing about that particular area is, like, I just used to roam around the fields and stuff, and as I said, felt a lot of anxiety about it. Well, I could still go do that and feel in a, anxious. In a feudal society, Mike would just have to live there. Mike would come see me, the king. Actually, no, Crofton would be the king. Mike would be like, come it's see true. the Crofton, the king, and be like, uh, excuse me, Lord, Lord Steers, I tire of living in the fields, even though I love the fields. So, would you please move me to the city? And you'd be like. Do you have a Pepsi? He's like, I can't afford Pepsi. Uh-huh. You can't move. Be gone. <laughs> Be gone. Um, <laughs> night, night, Bo, take him off my land. Right, yes, of, uh, master. <laughs> those were that was a meandering end to our verdicts, but I thought they were they're interesting uh, all around, and it was a good uh, a good conversation, but still a bit muddy in my brain. So, um, uh, listeners, if we've missed something big, which is likely, as it always is on this show, um, please get in touch with us and tell us what it what it what it is that we missed, uh, go, to our, go to our website, goodbadbull.com, and uh, from there you can find all the ways to contact us. You can email us, goodbadbull at gmail.com. Send us a tweet, at goodbadbull. You can like us on Facebook and write on our Facebook page. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to get in touch with us. And, um, you know, if you haven't subscribed to the show, please do so on uh, iTunes, Google Play, or um, I guess that's it. <laughs> Maybe there's not another place. No, it's Google Play, uh, we'd appreciate iTunes, it. And, and, um, and we'd just like to give a shout-out to our patrons. We have a Patreon account. I think it's patreon.com slash goodbadbull. Yep. Find people support us and support the show, and we certainly appreciate it. Thank appreciate you so it. much, uh, patrons. Yeah, it means a lot. And uh, so, guys, if our listeners want to hear what you guys have to say individually, Bo... Where can people follow what you're up to? Um, you can find me at Bo Schwartz on Twitter. And um, I do also, uh, I'm going to be appearing with our friend Ryan Murphy, uh, I guess next week from when this will get released on the Wednesday, 8 p.m. at uh, twitch.tv slash TV. Since neither Ryan and I are going to BlizzCon, we're going to do what's becoming an annual tradition of making our BlizzCon predictions over on the Gamers Inn. So check that out next week. And uh, Mr. Croft and Steers, where can people follow you? Uh, they can uh, follow me uh, on Twitter, doing my very public tweets. No private ownership on Twitter, unfortunately. At Croft and Steers. <laughs> you can't own an idea, man. It's such like a hippie notion to like hate private property. Uh, you can follow me at ML Hodgins. And um, send me a tweet commending my lack of taking a sick day, though I certainly should have. Uh, 
Um, yeah. So <laughs> you're too busy with your private property. I'm Is trying like... so hard not to cough this whole show. Oh, you're a real me. trooper for doing that. And there he goes. You know what? I, you know what I think it was. <laughs> you know that? what I think this was. This was the bone in the meatball. What it was, do you mean? It was all. It was all the bones' fault. You're probably food poisoning, Mike. I'm a doctor. That was long before I got sick. You know, when you feel a bone in meat that you weren't expecting crunch between your teeth, <laughs> that is that is a feeling you feel all through your body, like your spine, and you're like, yeah, oh. it's true. It's true. It's I, I feel like I feel like that guy who listened to our shows, like you know, he's trying to eat his meatball stuff. He's like, you know what? I've completely lost my appetite. I'm just gonna power through the show. I'll eat this later. No, no, he That's- put he put it down. And just like I did, got engrossed in the conversation, forgot totally about that. He was like, mm, meatball sub. No, oh, look bite. at this sub. Mm, so good. And then full circle. He's like, oh, there's a bone in there. Oh, God. Now I can't. Yeah, it's probably... just a reminder that that meat. And the other day I was in Subway and I, and I looked at the like, I'm going to use air quotes, chicken that you can get on a like, it's like this patty of chicken. I was looking at it and I'm like, what is that? Like when you look at it before they put the sauce on it, before it's warmed up, it does not look like anything palatable. It certainly doesn't look like chicken. And it's just like, it just reminds you that that meat is like a couple of animals thrown of different species probably thrown into a grinder until it's essentially mush added filler and that's what you're eating and they they put enough salt and msg in there you're like delicious uh but when you when you crunch on the bone it reminds you that that's there's a lot of stuff in there that if you knew this not eating that this episode of good bad or bullshit brought to you by subway Subway. please don't sue us subway we love you I'll still eat there tomorrow. I, I can't hate on Subway like you guys. I like it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Crofton, the corporate shill. That's why he'll yeah, always corporate win. shill. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Subway. Hey, I- I'd be your spokesperson, and I don't like little boys. Are you a fan of the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast? Consider supporting the show by becoming one of our valued patrons at patreon.com. For as little as the cost of one cup of coffee a month, your generous support will help keep the random topic generator oiled and fueled for future generations. Find out more at patreon.com slash goodbadbull.